At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. From the Shadows podcast, I am your host, Shane Grove, and not with me is the super producer as I record this. He's, uh, you know, somebody's got to work, you know, I'm not going to brag too much that I'm on vacation and Jason is, uh, you know, sweating out a nine to five right now, but uh, that's the way it goes in the uh, rough and tumble world of podcasting. You got to, you got to talk to guests when you when they have time and you have time. So um, Jason was uh, sorry he was going to miss this guest, but uh, I'm sure he will. Uh, I'm sure he will enjoy the interview nonetheless. Um, so before I, before I bring our uh, guest on, I just want to remind everybody that if you do have a story or uh, sighting that you want to share with, uh, with us, you can find us at from the shadows podcast on Facebook or our forum page. After the Shadows on Facebook, you can get a hold of me on Instagram at Shane Grove Author or our From the Shadows podcast Instagram page, or send us a message on the contact tab on FromTheShadowsPodcast.com, our website. Uh, that's a, you know you can send us an email and Jason and I will check it out and respond to you and um, see if we can get you on the show. So it's always exciting. When I, when I get to have a guest who is a fellow Buckeye, but she's a Buckeye by default because that's just happens to be where she's living now. Her story, her story, uh, does not take place here in Ohio. And if I had the sound effect, it would go, oh, but that's okay. That's okay. We love it nonetheless. So, 
I want to share with everybody a, uh, a great lady. She's, uh, she's, the story is going to be really cool. Um, and I'll let her, let you tell her, let her tell everybody where it was, you know, where it happened and everything. So uh, don't hold it against her that it wasn't in Ohio, all you Buckeye fans. So joining us today on the, from the shadows podcast is Rhonda. Rhonda, welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. Well, um, so Rhonda, let's let's so with that big build up, let's <laughs> let's tell everybody like t- tell everybody your story. Let's let's set set the time, set the place, and set the surroundings and kind of uh, some of the stuff that uh, you experienced. Well, this for the first time that I seen a Bigfoot. Um, my husband and I were living in Iowa uh, with two small children, and the one wasn't school age, and the one was uh, kindergarten age. And uh, my husband at the time, he drove truck, so he was gone off and on. And while he was gone, um, of course, I'd be out there by myself, and I loved it because I'm not afraid of the country. I'm not afraid of living in the, in the country. But I had uh, a Britney Spaniel, and uh, she had pups, and then I had the the two boys. And when school time came around, I had a quite a walk to take my son to the bus stop. Um, we had a long um, lane, and it, and it was a good quarter mile. Um, we had a private railroad crossing and a private bridge that went across the stream. And uh, what I can tell you, and I will tell you, is that it was, if, if you want to know where it was, I will not pinpoint it because I'm a firm believer that they should be left alone. Uh, I hope they never get found. But uh, it was on 61 along the Mississippi River. So um, that's where it started. I would walk my son to the bus and all of a sudden, like, out of my peripheral vision on the right side of me was a cornfield, and I seen something sticking above the corn stalks. And I kind of looked over because my hair stood up on the back of my neck, and I'm you know, carrying my, my one son, and I look over, and there's a very large, hairy man. <laughs> At first, I'm going, oh, I'm not going to continue eye contact here. And so I didn't want to um, alarm the the being and I'm I'm going oh I got two small kids here what do I do now so I I went ahead and walked my oldest to the the bus stop um, and I had to walk back so I'm walking back and I'm across the bridge and across the railroad tracks and I get up into our big yard uh, the big farmyard and I and I look over to my left where the cornfield was then and there he was again he was walking me back towards the house. This got to be a regular routine. I had no fear of this. Of this, I knew it was a Bigfoot then. I mean, I could clearly see it, it did not look like an ape. It didn't look like anything like that. It had less hair than what I see some pictures of, but it had enough hair to cover it. Um, it was kind of, the features were quite distinct, actually. Um, he did have a little furrowed brow. Uh, a little bit, but not uh, not real prominent, not like a Neanderthal by any means. Um, 
it got to that it got to walk me back and forth. Well, I told my husband about it when he came in off the road. My my kids seen it too. See, and they weren't scared either um, because it didn't bother us. Um, and I told him about it. He didn't believe it. Um, then he went back out on the road again after a few days, and this Bigfoot would walk us back and forth to the bus. Um, it got bold enough that it, it uh, at first the puppies. When it come up into the yard, it, they would go under the house. Um, the house was temporary until our place in Illinois was ready. And um, But after a while, the puppies weren't scared of it either. And it actually peeked in our windows. I think it was so curious as to how we lived and what we were doing that it would come up to the house and actually look in the windows. And... Um, of course, the first time it did that, it kind of freaked me out a little bit. So I locked the doors and I'm thinking to myself, boy, what an idiot I am because this thing's so strong. It, <laughs> that door isn't going to hold it. You know, um, they're quite muscular. But he was very friendly. He, he just didn't seem like he was going to be any type of threat. The puppies got where they would play out in the yard, never missed a pup. So it didn't take any. Um but I come home one time from grocery shopping. My husband was driving. And as we were coming up the railroad after crossing the bridge and, and was coming up to cross the tracks, the tracks was a little upraised. So the front of the car was, the nose of the car was up in the air. And I looked over and to my right through the window and it was sitting in the tree right next to the, right next to the lane. So I, I told my husband, I said, stop the car, stop the car. And he says, what? And I said, you want to see a Bigfoot? Look here. And he did. He leaned over and looked up and go. he was freaking out. He, was, he, he got scared. And um, I said, don't, 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 because he's really friendly. He's not hurting anything. He hasn't hurt anything yet. And uh, so he finally seen it. And he did apologize later for, for not believing me. Um, but he says, aren't you afraid being here? He said, maybe I should just take you, you guys with me in the truck. I said, no, that's okay. I said, I'd just soon stay here. Um, we're good. So then as time went on, I got to talking to one of our neighbors because I was wanting to buy a boxer pup from him. And uh, she was complaining about somebody raiding her garden. And my first thought immediately was, oh, Bigfoot's been at it. <laughs> you know? Um, but I didn't say anything, and uh, the person was a little, um, almost like she was thinking maybe I was ste stealing from her, and because uh, I lived right next door or down, you know, down the tracks. And I said, "Well, it's," I said, "You don't," ha and I won't say her name, but I said, "You know, you really don't have to think about us," because I said, uh, first off, we don't steal, and secondly, why would I?" Okay. And uh, she says, yeah, I don't know. She says, I guess I'm just curious as to why somebody, she says, I've lived here forever and never had a problem. And I said, well, I said, I don't know. But I, I said, I would just keep an eye out. I said, did the dogs bark or anything? Because she, she had a full-size kennel. She goes, oh, yeah, they go off. And I said, do they go off when people come up into the yard? And she goes, well, not really. And I said, well, then think about it. I said, probably something else. Maybe, maybe something else is coming in here, a deer or something. And um, so we left it at that. And then one time I was coming back from groceries again. And uh, uh, this time I had the car. And uh, 
I look up the track because I see something to my left as I'm coming across the tracks. And sure enough, here comes Bigfoot carrying <laughs> carrying stuff from her garden. <laughs> and, it, oh, and stuff. And I thought, yeah, I was right. It, it had to be, you know, he's, he, this, this one's a vegetarian. <laughs> What's my thought? Or, or just hungry. You or know, just a monster, hungry. A monster right. has to eat, too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He was big though. The the corn was tall that year, and uh, so I, I'm guess I hate to say it, but uh, just guessing, he had to be over eight and a half foot tall. Eight eight and a half foot. He was big. So so I so I want to go back. So it would so this thing would follow you down. So your front yard was essentially a cornfield. It was had a cornfield on one side and timber on the on the other side. Okay, but it was a and, big farmyard and then a lane that went down to the road. Okay, yeah, I mean, and you know where I live, like uh, you know, Christie's parents here. There, it's the same sort of lane. You know, they they have a field on one side and some woods on trees on the other, and you got to cross a bridge. And uh, some people may not understand how far back off the road some houses are if you're not out out in farm country um but this so this creature then would walk you down but it's not like a walk beside you in the on the driveway it walked in in the the cornfield okay so stayed in the cornfield and just kept pace with you and you could see it above the corn stalks it couldn't have been six foot seven foot in the in the corn rows so it's probably about close probably about four or five rows in right yeah okay and so but you could see it obviously above the corn uh, way above the corn correct okay and did did it get all the way did it go all the way down to the road or did it stay back from the road a little bit like, well the cornfield stopped when it got to the uh railroad tra- railroad tra- right. okay okay so, so then you were walking a little bit farther, and it would just kind of hang back at the railroad tracks and wait for you to come back. Yep, it, I, it was so curious. I, I really, actually, I got to enjoying it because I thought, well, you know, he's not only curious, but you know, he's not hurting the kids, he's not hurting me, and if this is a way of us communicating, and he's figuring out that some of his people are okay, that's a good thing. Now. Because I know you're you are a big time animal lover. I know you just just adore, like all kinds of animals. Did you have anything but puppies on this at this place at that time? Not at this place. No, my horses were being boarded until we could get the house completed in Illinois. Okay, okay. So, so when it how so did it while you were outside? Did it come up into the yard or did it just stay? To stay like mainly towards the, at the corn. When I, when the kids and I were out in the yard playing, and he, I'm one of those helicopter parents, I never let my kids play out in the yard by themselves, no matter where they were. And um, it would come out, uh, maybe a couple feet from the cornfield, in the grass along, you know, to be, but it never come into the actual gravel driveway, gravel and dirt. Uh, farmyard. Um, it, it, it not when we were outside. It would wait until we went inside, and when it would peek in the windows, it would actually uh, peek in during the daytime. I never seen it out there at night. So it would actually come and peek in at the 
during the day. It, which, it wanted to see what we were doing, I think. Wow. And see, that's 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 a lot different than anything I've ever heard. Usually you hear them coming up at night and peeking in the windows because they can see, you know, like the TV or they could see what people are doing, um, you know, by the lights inside the house. That's interesting. Agreed. Agreed. And and what little I knew about Bigfoot then, um, it it was curious to me as well. But I, I really think it was trying to learn. So, so where do you, so how densely was the wooded area on the other side of the driveway? It was extremely dense. I wouldn't even let the kids go out there. I mean, of course the the baby was a baby, but, um, my, uh, my oldest, I wouldn't let him go out there and play. He wanted, he was like his mom, you know, he was, oh, let's go out in the timber and look and let's do this and let's do that. But I wouldn't let him because where we were at, uh, especially, you know, was copperheads and rattlesnakes and different things like that. And I wasn't about to have one of my kids walk into something like that. So, um, you know, I wouldn't let them go back in the timber, but it was quite dense actually. Okay. Uh, so, so that, cause I'm just trying to get a sense of like where this thing, um, may have come from, but you said it, you're like basically right on the Mississippi river. Right across the road from the Mississippi, the main road was what you could see the Mississippi from the main road. Wow. Okay. All right. And so you, so it was just a feeling that you had, huh? That you just did not feel threatened by this thing at all. You just felt. I did not. But prior to seeing it, I did keep feeling that something was watching me. I'm one of those people that if there is, it could be a deer, it could be something else, but it's there. You see what I'm saying? And then eventually, you know, it reveals itself. And I, I did because, and I, I'm not afraid to be by myself in the country. I love being out by myself. Um, so I, I knew that wasn't it uh, or the, the reason for the feeling being brought on, but I knew something was watching me and I didn't know what it was. And then all of a sudden here's this, uh, Bigfoot walking, uh, walking us to the tracks while I was taking my son to the bus stop. Well, what did, like, did you, a lot of people say, you know, when they're, they're near these creatures, they, they smell them before they see them sometimes. Did you notice anything like that? I did not. Okay. And I have a good nose. (laughs) (laughs) but no i did not um we did we heard sounds okay that was going to be my next one so like what what did you hear like did you hear hear it making vocalizations or did you just did you hear other stuff well it started out being just like rustling through the timber or the corn it was like it look over i'd expect to see a deer come out it may have been crouched down watching first. I don't know. Or maybe it was a deer, but we would hear things like that. And then once in a while at night, we would hear the grunts. And one time I asked my husband when he was in off the road, I said, I don't smell any hogs around here. I said, but is there a hog farm close by? And he goes, why? And I said, I'm constantly hearing grunts. And I said, it sounds like pigs talking to each other. And he said, no, he says, there's, there's not anything here. And I said, okay. I just wondered, <laughs> you know, and uh, one time my, my oldest um, had had been put down to sleep and uh, he, he had said he'd heard him too. And he asked me, he says, um, 
it sounds like it's getting closer, Mom. And I said, well, it might be, but that's okay. We're in the house. We're all good. And, uh, you know, I told him, I said, well, I got my shotgun if it's bad. If it's if something bad, I said, I got my shotgun close by. So I said, don't worry about it. But um, then after, after the grunts and the moans and the, this and that, you know, is when it started revealing itself. And uh, I knew it was, I could tell. I, at first, it kind of scared me, not scared me, but it scared me. Not to the point where I, I want to move, scream, whatever. I'm not that type of person. But my hair on the back of my neck stood up and I went, oh, what am I up against now? And, uh, but it ended up being very friendly. I didn't have anything to worry about, neither did my kids. Yeah, so, so what did so the kids saw saw and what did they? I mean, did they think it was weird? Like, because we're talking, like, what's what's the time frame here? We're talking in the seventies, right? Um, it was well, let's see, about seventy eight, seventy, okay. yeah, around in there. And so, uh, so how did you? I mean. So we all saw the same sort of stuff. Like we either saw In Search Of or we had seen the Patterson-Gimlin film or, or maybe a couple books. But that's about all the exposure any of us had at that time frame to Bigfoot. So how did like how, how did the kids, unless they thought it was Chewbacca from Star Wars, you know, <laughs> okay? But, yeah. but how did they reconcile with what they were seeing? Like, well, you have to understand, they got a strange mom. It's always kind of animals. Uh, I would never say. I would so, never say that. <laughs> you don't have to. I would. But um, you know, so they're not afraid of any type of animal. You know, okay. and they love animals. They're in rescue just like me, and so it, it kind of passes through the family. But the the youngest one barely remembers it sitting in the tree. Does not remember too much about it because he was very small. Okay, but the the older one, on the other hand, he he says, the the first time he asked, he said he says um, he called it the hairy man, and he says, why is there a hairy man walking in the corner, <laughs> you know? And I said, well, he's just walking us to the bus stop, <laughs> you know, and uh, I didn't want a, him to be afraid, and I wanted him to learn from it as well, because I by then I just knew it wasn't going to hurt us, and he they just took it in stride. Took it so so it looked to them so much like a person that they didn't realize that it, that it was wasn't you know how abnormal it was so to speak so to speak because the one that that was accompanying us or I should say living on the farm with us um, it wasn't out of proportion its neck was a little shorter than what a human neck would be but not by much. It was muscular. Its arms were in, and legs were in um, more of the type of anatomy as a human. Okay. Okay. Um, so, Akash, <laughs> oh, you know, you, you have lived every woman's dream here. Uh, where you got to actually uh, tell your husband, I told you so, and there was no way he could, there was no way he could deny it. No, so. he, he begrudgingly, he apologized to me. <laughs> so, so, now, like, was he a, was he a hunter at all, or was he, 
you know, is he in the was he in the animals like you are or what? Like so he was in animals. He was in animals. He was at one time. He even owned a chimpanzee, and um, oh no, that's interesting. For sure. Yeah, but um, that was prior to us uh, being a we. Um, you know, I have this philosophy: there's you, and there's me, and then there's we. And uh, so, no, it was prior to, but he was an animal lover too. He was, and uh, well, how did he? So since he had owned a chimpanzee. Or maybe the chimpanzee owned him, from what I hear sometimes, <laughs> how that works out. That's more like uh, it. Did, did he ever, like, compare what he saw to yeah. to what he owned? Like, so what, what did he have to say about that? When, after the first sighting, and we were up at the house and unloading the groceries, and he was, like, in a big hurry, and I said, you don't have to hurry this. It is, this he's, he's not going to hurt us. And so we got in the house and he sat down He's and he had this bad habit of always brushing his hair off his forehead. And he's sitting there and he's brushing his hair. I said, you're, I can tell you're nervous. Okay. I said, but you don't have to be. This thing has been with us for a long time now. As you well know, I said, I keep telling you it's here. And I said, it's not bothered us. And he says, you know, he says, the thing is, he says, it doesn't look like an ape. It's not an ape. He says, could it be uh, an overly hairy man i said sitting in a tree <laughs> you know i said it just like that and he's like no i guess not and i said well then think about it i said bigfoot's real and he says you're right he says you're right he says i i've been playing this over in my mind he says it just there's no other explanation i said no there isn't now you know you're fairly certain that the one that was in the cornfield is the exact same one that was in the tree then yes Yes, because it's almost like he looked me right straight in the eye as if to say, hi, I know you. Wow. And how, how, so how many times, because you just happened to see because the car was going up the railroad. Right. Makes you wonder, you know, where else he's been sitting along there watching us come in and out of the lane. But um, that was the first time. And that tree was, it could, that tree was not three foot off the lane. So many times it's probably, it probably, and this is just an assumption, but I mean, if it's doing it once, it's obviously probably not the first time it's done it, that it is literally right there. I mean, if it's not three foot off the lane and this thing is that big, it almost, I, I shudder to think how, if it just could reach down and just snatch it right up. Probably. As you, as you probably. walked by. Yeah. You know, it's funny though, because, um, normally, um, my husband had the car. So when you're coming into that lane, that tree's on the passenger side, you're not going to look up yeah. out that passenger window and see because it's up higher. Yeah, that's what could be in the way. See, a, but coming out of the driveway, the driver should be able to see it. Gotcha. But the, well, but my husband may, see it. Maybe the thing was smart enough to know that once the car left, it was safe to get up in the tree and just kind of check things out. Could be, you know, like nobody's going to be there to see, you know, all we can do is guess. Yeah. That's so, so what, so you said that was the first time your husband saw the thing. When did your husband uh, see the creature again? Well, then he got to seeing it out in the cornfield now and then it's like, it would stand there and watch the house. I swear it, it was just curious. He wanted to know about us. 
wow. and humans. You know what I'm saying? And then he got to see a man, a woman, husband and wife, and he got to see two little kids and then our puppies and how we interacted with the puppies. And um, once in a great, great while, my dad would be able to come over uh, from Illinois and he'd come out and visit. And uh, but that we were there. We weren't there. But one summer while the house was getting ready. So and it wasn't even a full or well, it was part of the winter and then part of the summer. So it wasn't even a year, though, that we were actually there. So um, it got to see a lot, you know, got to see us interact with the kids, got to see him interact with grandpa, stuff like that. And I really think that it was just trying to learn. I think it was curious. That maybe it was, um, you know, because there's theories out there that once some of the males in the in these like uh, pods or whatever little families of Bigfoot, like once the males become of age, they kind of get like, uh, hey, buddy, it's time to move on, go find, you know, go establish your own family. It makes makes you wonder if this this was one of those ones that had kind of got expelled from its family unit and and. Uh, you know, heard kids and stuff and thought, I want to check, check these guys out and see what, see what's going on. Because you, you got to believe that there's not a whole lot of difference in between kids, you know, kids from right. a, a big foot and the kids from other than obviously the hair and the amount of, you know, that sort of stuff. But kids are kids. They like to play, they like to make noise. They like to, you know, have fun. Uh, all an- all animals, right? Uh, their babies do that sort of thing. At Parker, our purpose is simple: we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Makes me wonder then if other families had lived in that house or like what the dynamics were as far as that area and people seeing stuff. I like, did you did you dare say anything to your neighbor? I did not because she was high strung to begin with, and I didn't want to. And I did end up buying a, a boxer female from her, and. Um, I didn't want to push her over the edge and have her think I was making up stories or something like that. But um, I didn't, and I didn't know anybody else around there. So I just didn't talk to anybody about it. Um, 
it, it, I hate to say this like this, but um, I just didn't have any need to tell anybody about him. I didn't want him interrupted. I really didn't. I, I'm still a firm believer that they should be left alone. I can say that we used to take the kids and we used to go out into uh, the timber up further from the house. Uh, well, it would be south of the, north of the house. And uh, we would um, just go out and um, mushroom hunt or fish and uh, take the kids for something to do. And so we'd go up further from the house. And uh, I swear I seen him there, I think. And it wasn't that far that um, as, as big as he was that he couldn't come up the tracks and maybe maybe there was some way that he would cross country there um, because we'd go a little further and then um, head into the timber up some little uh, roadways and stuff that, that had been back there for a while. And we'd cross the creek uh, via vehicle. It didn't have a bridge, but it was real shallow there. And uh, and then we would be up there in the timber um, doing a few things with the kids, uh, carefully watching for snakes because that's the only thing I don't like. Um, but uh, I did, I swear, I seen out of the corner of my eye or maybe one liking. And I turned and looked real quick and, and it was gone. But I could swear it was there. Wow. So, so he, so you think he just, once he knew you guys were out walking around, he just wanted to see everything you were doing. I don't know. Maybe he lived up that way. <clears throat> because when he was coming from my neighbors with the, the vegetables in his arms, he was walking in that direction. Which oh, okay. was the okay. left of our driveway, see, and up, up uh, further down. So he was walking the tracks. So it, it's telling me that he probably lived down that way, actually. Okay. All right. So the the timber on the right side of the house, facing the the driveway, was sparse, very sparse, not that much, you know, in between. And the, but you go the other direction, and it was dense timber. And I think he lived down that way. Now, did you did you guys hear any of the patented? you know, what people say about the howls or tree knocks or anything like that? No. For, so you never heard any of that stuff, like, even at night or anything? No, we heard the grunts. Just the grunts. Right. And I'm well, not sure if it was, and sometimes I thought it was more than one. But I only ever seen the one. You know, now, were there any other type of activities that you guys noticed out there? Like, um, was there any paranormal stuff that went on in the house or was there any kind of, um, you know, unexplained lights or anything? Um, not there. No. No. Ooh, no, wait a second. That is a very cryptid <laughs> not there. So, so now wait a second. Do you, do you have another, do you have another uh, story that you'd like to, that you'd like, that you'd like to share? Yeah, well, I, I could tell you a few. I've been around a while. <laughs> well, let's. I'm I'm anxious to he, to hear uh, hear what else you, what else you've experienced. I can't say it was associated with Bigfoot, but I can't say not either because again, um, the the 
the farm that we were um, remodeling, okay, um, was actually situated with a cornfield and timber behind the house. And it was situated between a railroad tracks, a, a, a again, the railroad tracks. I do think they, they follow those. I really do. Um, and a cemetery on one side and a cemetery on the other. And again, we would hear noises. We would, um, we would see lights, but it was always over in the Catholic cemetery. It wasn't over in the, um, the other cemetery. So you would see like, like when you say lights, what kind of lights did you see over in the cemetery? Just like floating lights. And at first I thought maybe it was because my kitchen window faced between the two cemeteries in that direction. And um, I don't know how to explain it. It was like they were floating. And so I, I thought maybe it was flashlights, but it, it, I actually drove down there to see several times on my, of course, my hair standing on end. And, uh, but I, um, I would see the lights. I would drive down into the cemetery and back out and there was nobody causing the lights. Does that make sense? There was no yeah. lights yeah. standing yeah. there. There was just lights in the air and I'm going, hmm, <laughs> you know, I've heard of this, but I'd never seen it before. So you actually drove back there and were able to see the lights and see that nothing was, nothing, there was no source. Right. Uh, no source where it was coming from. I even looked around thinking, well, maybe it's coming from somebody's flashlight in the timber, you know, or across the cemetery or behind the uh, tombstone or something like that. But it wasn't. It, there's just nothing there. It was just an orb. And sometimes there was two or three and they would just move around in the cemetery. Now, how uh, can you, if you estimated, how big do you think those orbs would be? From from being able to see them, I, I'm I'm guessing them to be at least probably six to eight inches in the, in the solid part of the orb, and then it kind of had a little light that radiated from it from there. But and, and of course, your eyes play tricks on you, um, mm -hmm. and it, when they move, you'd see like a tracer. Oh, okay. I got you. I got you. And so did, did they move like they were like intelligently being directed or? I think just, so. Okay. Wow. I, think so. I even have my, my foster sister seen it. Um, our neighbor's daughter seen it. She was staying over one night. We were, three of us were sitting there playing cards and, um, uh, I seen them and I said, come look at this girls. And I had them look out the window and watch them. And they said, man, what is that? And uh, I couldn't take them down and show them at that time because the kids were sleeping. But uh, I, I had taken them down at a later time and bundled the kids up and put them in the car. And we, we drove down there and I showed them. I said, see, there's nothing here. Just these lights. And uh, it was a, a strange phenomenon. It really was. You, you know, and a, and a lot of, I mean, and whether, you know, it's attributed to Bigfoot or not, but I mean, look, the first thought is, is you're in a cemetery and there's light. I mean, typical person is going to think those are spirits, you know, and that's how they're presenting themselves as a, 
as an orb or a ball of light, but so many, I mean, I've just heard so many encounters where those balls of light then do follow or precede either a Bigfoot sighting or a UFO sighting. Um, like, it, it really does. It does seem like all that stuff is connected, for sure. It's on some level. Okay. I don't know why. I don't I know why. Tell, and I will tell you why I believe you. Because the house that we remodeled had a, a big picture window upstairs in our master bedroom and a big picture window down below it in the living room. And remember me saying something about finding tufts of hair? And I knew yeah. it wasn't from my horses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, it got me thinking, you know, that maybe this is, you know, Bigfoot here too, but I never, ever seen one, not once. But I, I found the tuft of hair and I went, hmm. But one night, my husband was out on the road and he was due in that night. And I'd went to bed and all of a sudden the whole bedroom lit up like a light in come into the window. And I got up out of the bed and I walked over. I thought at first that it was probably my husband pulling up into the yard with his truck and he probably flashed a light up there or something, right? And But I didn't hear it. I didn't hear the truck. I looked out the window. I didn't see the truck, but this big light was, and I look up and it's up above the house. Really? It's so just so, sitting there. So and this, I, isn't a, this isn't an orb. This you, is not an orb. This is an actual some sort of a ship of some sort sitting right above the house. And I'm looking out the window at the, you know, I couldn't open the big window because the upstairs window didn't open, but I'm looking out this big picture window up above the trees in the front yard. And above the house was this big metal something. And it didn't look like an airplane. Didn't look like a helicopter. There was no sound, but my ears, you know how, it feels when you hear, um, or before you hear a helicopter, you're, you feel these waves. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's what it felt like. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, I thought so too. And that's when I run back downstairs and make sure the doors were locked. And I'm thinking to myself, what am I doing? It's going to come in here anyway. And it was probably half an hour later to an hour, maybe 45 minutes later, my husband come home and pulled the truck up and the thing was gone. My neighbor actually seen something, and they they said they seen something, too, in the sky, but they didn't know what it was. They lived probably an eighth of a mile across our front road and along the main blacktop, and so they seen it, too. Wow. Did it ever uh, occur to you to uh, just move out of the Central Plains and move into someplace less crazy, like maybe New York or Chicago? I wanted to, I wanted to <laughs> because I'm an artist, okay? But um, I couldn't do that with all my kids, and, and I couldn't have horses up there. So, uh, of course, it was never done, but um, <laughs> I'm okay with that. But, yeah, I, I'm. after a while, I got to thinking, am I drawing these things to me? Is there something wrong with me, you know? And then I realized, you know, of course, uh, having common sense that it, it's not about me, it's about the world. And uh, there's a lot of things that are out there that we're just never going to know the answer to. I, you know, and it's funny, like you, so, you know, last night I, I do, I get, uh, I get people that contact me quite a bit with, with stuff. And somebody from here in Ohio got a hold of me on Instagram and actually sent me a couple videos that they took uh, from near the Dayton area outside their front on their front 
uh, yard of just the type of things that you're describing, the lights in the sky, doing doing crazy things. Now, of course, they're very near Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, which, you know, has some UFO history to it. And, uh, you know, and there's always probably crazy things flying that a n- normal person doesn't see that may attribute to it. Right. Uh, the funny thing was, is the, uh, the lady said that the, uh, the one video that uh, I will have to share at some point, uh, the, local, the local news concluded it was a weather balloon. Mm. And I said, really? A weather balloon that went up and down and then faded from view? Like, real, like uh, I didn't know weather balloons did yeah. that sort of thing. Well, I've been, uh, I've been up in a hot air balloon several times, and believe me, they can't maneuver that quickly. But but the other thing, um, and this will be a you know a, a future episode that's that's going to come up. Uh, a guy, uh, a gentleman who we interviewed on a doing some filming out in I believe Nebraska, and it was the same sort of thing that you were saying. Like you kind of experienced some stuff, but they never showed themselves. But like you knew. There were there were, there was some evidence of something else there, and that was similar to what this guy and this film crew experienced, like noises and um, different things where they knew these things were there, and but they wouldn't show themselves, you know, for whatever reason. And well, I have, kind of, I have a friend who will not do a podcast. She's afraid that you know she she just doesn't want to draw attention to herself but she and I have talked many many a time over the Bigfoot uh, she had a grandfather who had a farm in Kentucky and the Bigfoot actually revealed himself to her as a small child um, during the before the sun went down so it was still daylight and looked in in her window um, and her grandfather had kept telling all the kids do not go out after night after dark you're not allowed outside after dark never would say why and then she finally confronted him about the the uh thing looking in the window and stuff and he admitted it and, and i'm not going to give you the, the everything that i know because you know i don't want to reveal her um but she, you know um i think they come out whenever they want to i really do. i i do i the more i hear the more i firmly convinced that you don't get to see one unless they want you to. There you go. Unless unless yep. it's a complete accident, somebody not paying attention walking across the road. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? So I just, uh, I don't think you really in their habitat are going to get the drop on them unless you, uh, unless it's a very, very lucky situation or they, they allow you just that glimpse, anything more than a glimpse, I think is them um, teasing you or something, for like, for lack of a better term, scaring you or teasing you, however you want right. Yeah, I have no, I have no knowledge, I'll be honest with you, um, Shane, about st- uh, what they're thinking. I just know that they're, um, they're kind of a miracle. They're intelligent, they stay hidden. Um, they're more than trainable, you know, because they, they're able to 
they're able to um, use senses, you know, that a lot of humans don't use, <laughs> you know. Um, you mean, com- wait, they have common they have sense? common sense. They have common sense? Okay. I just, <laughs> sorry, I had to say that. That's okay. It's all good. Um, but yeah, I say, you know, and I hope, and I know that there's agencies and such that are checking out these sightings and stuff because they're hoping to grab one, okay, mm-hmm. and, and experiment on them and do whatever the government does. But um, I hope they never caught. I hope they survive and uh, are allowed to just be their self because they're not out there hurting anybody or anything. They really aren't, you know. Yeah, I, I I think um I think if we kind of leave them alone, uh, they would. But uh, curiosity, I think we want to. We just it's just human nature, and human nature isn't always um isn't always the best, you know. Not always um, beneficial to the animal. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But uh, I don't know. Well. Well, Rhonda, I am I am very glad that you decided to come on and share your story. I think that's a that's a fantastic story, um, and that I, I think you feel very blessed that you've got to experience that in the way you experienced it. Am I right? I really do. I do. Um, I I think they can tell who's a good person and who's not, and uh, who's friendly and who's not. And it it was a a very nice. I I can't even begin to tell you the experience it was. It and I'll carry it forever. And so will my kids. You know, uh, my oldest one because he he remembers it. And um, I've never had to take and bring it up to him at all. And there's been times when he said, "You know what, Mom? I was thinking about this time." And and he just brought up this. Um, experienced several times in his life that he says that, that he said even today i'm not 100 percent sure why we were the ones that got to see him and i said i think it's because we are good people and we're animal lovers and i think they know that you yeah know? i i i believe that because i do i have had somebody you know had a theory that that your experience is kind of tailored to your uh, ability to experience it, if that makes sense. Yes. Like, like, and if you, you know, and if you are somebody like that and they, because I, I think there's a, a real spiritual aspect to a lot of these beings, these creatures, and I think they probably can, can sense that, like you said, and, and they're going to, they're going to tailor how they act around you versus like, there's no reason for them to scream and yell and um, show aggression towards you guys, because I don't think they were in any, at any time uh, that one in particular was that feared you guys at all. So Yeah. We weren't a threat. Um, I do have to say that the place we moved to where I found the hair, there had been, something that that people said they saw but they couldn't tell what it was because it was dark it was fast it was running you know and they never knew what it was i never seen that but i i'm telling you i did see a spaceship of some sort or something 
and it, it, it actually, sh through the trees, it was like a big light, like a flashlight, or, you know, a type of revolving light or something, and it come right into my bedroom and just lit the whole room up. Um, I mean, to the point where, you know, I was almost blinded, you know. So there's something, I, I believe you could be right. I think it's all correlation. It's just a matter of finding out, you know, what it is. You know, but am I that curious? Not really. Because <laughs> I, I, I'm serious. I just want them, I, I want the Bigfoot to be able to, to have, uh, you know, their own life. Well, I think that's, um, I think that's very admirable. And, and it should be, that should be how we approach everybody, not just Bigfoot when it comes down to, when it comes down that's to true. it. <laughs> well, Rhonda, I, I appreciate you uh, coming on and sharing your story. And uh, um, I think that uh, that you're the kind of per like if Bigfoot is telling stories, you're the kind of good human story, you know, that Bigfoot's telling other Bigfoot. Like, you're never going to believe this one lady and her kids. They didn't bother me. They just were nice, to, nice to me and left me alone, mm -hmm. you know. So, I uh, I I appreciate you uh, sharing your thoughts and and your experience. Well, I appreciate you allowing me the privilege, and and I know you believe me. And there's going to be people that's listening to your podcast that believe me as well. And uh, I just hope everybody has a good experience with them if they have one at all, and and don't freak out on them and don't point where they're at. Just leave them be. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. I, 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 I agree. Things can't go wrong if, uh, if you behave yourself for sure. Yes. <laughs> so, all right, Rhonda. Well, thank, thank you very you. much. Yep. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the from the shadows podcast until next time, never shy away from the darkness or what may be lurking in the shadows. We are out. Ha 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 At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only, not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.